0: Welcome to Strictly Jojo, a podcast dedicated to Jojo's Bizarre Adventure where every Jojo episode is reviewed by casuals for casuals. My name is Courtney. This is episode 28, and we're reviewing part 6, Stone Ocean, Stone Ocean. Let me clarify, it's part 6, Stone Ocean, and the episode title is Stone Ocean. As always, there'll be spoilers for this episode and anything that's happened in the Jojo anime, so you've been warned. Speaking of which, as we all know, Netflix did a full 12-episode dump for Stone Ocean. So I feel like it's fair game for us to talk about anything that's happened in the first 12 episodes of Stone Ocean. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. Again, it's all out there. Obviously, if this were episodic, we couldn't talk about anything from the future, unless you're a manga reader, of course. But yeah, I think it's fair game. I, I assume most of our listeners who are avid JoJo fans, would have binged within the first hour of it releasing. Because it's
0: hard not to, especially when there's a lot of hype going on um, on social media and spoilers are plentiful, and we'll talk about that a little bit because I do want to touch on the idea of doing these 12-episode dumps. Um, but I think for the sake of our discussions, it's going to be really difficult not to at least mention future episodes. Um, so I think I think the focus, of course, will be the episode that we're reviewing on that particular day, but we may tap in a little bit um, on some other episodes within that dump. With that said, we're here, people. We are finally here. Stone Ocean has arrived. We can talk about it. We can, we can watch it. We can, we can, I don't know, we can praise it. It's great.
1: Yeah, joy to the world. Jolene has come. <laughs> Let Earth receive her queen. <laughs> Just in time for the holiday spirit. But yeah, it, it feels like a fever dream because I believe we haven't had any sort of new JoJo content or like anime since 2019 with Part 5, Golden Wind.
0: That was, it premiered in October 2018. Um, yeah, wrapped up July 28th, 2019. And I think you're right. This is the biggest gap that we've had between JoJo seasons. I think normally it's about a year or two, but here it's it's much longer.
1: And maybe that's just part of the deal with Netflix Um, because they had to do this 12-episode dump. They needed more time to fully flesh out the episodes and make sure it was done in time for this release. But regardless, it's still so strange to believe that Stone Ocean is finally here. Like, I remember, like, less than, what, five, six months ago, all we got was a visual of Jolene And now we have like the full-fledged anime. It's still, it's just crazy to believe.
0: It was a pretty quick turnaround time between announcing or or confirming Stone Ocean was happening to when it actually released. So that's uh, something I'm very thankful for. But at the end of the day, it sucks having to wait a little bit longer for the next part to come out. But if it means it's going to be great, it's going to be... Um, of good quality and it allows David Production to do their thing, which is make an amazing anime adaptation for JoJo. I'm happy to wait as long as needed. I mean, preferably not in more than like three to four years because that, that's pretty fucking long, but you know if they need a little extra time, I, I totally understand.
1: What gets me about it though, is I, again, I only read half less than half of the manga and so I don't know what the ending is going to be or how epic it's going to be. But I feel like it's going to be dampened a little if they do another like bulk release. Um, it would be kind of like if attack on Titan the second half of this final of the final season, which is coming out, if they just decided to release that all at once. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah um, let's let's talk about that. Let's just get that out of the way. Let's talk about this episode dump because I have some some hot takes here and I think it'd be best to just Let's lay it all out there and then move on from it. The episode dump, I hate it. I I knew I'd hate it and I do hate it. And to me, again, I'm a hardcore binge watcher, but there's something special about watching a show weekly with a community and frantically binging all 12 episodes and not getting to enjoy episodic discussions online with the rest of the JoJo community sucks. Like it just, it flat out sucks. sure discussions are still out there um, and, and there's ones dedicated to each episode like I think on Mail they have um, episodic discussion threads and then on like the r anime subreddit they've got their their 12 threads out there but going through them they feel kind of hollow like there's no discourse about what's happened um, contained to that particular episode like episode 3 or episode 5 because there's no mystery around what's happening next it's more just like lol this part was funny um, but we, we already know what happens in the next several episodes. So we're missing things like theorizing what's going to be out there next um, or finding like the smallest hints of foreshadowing and getting super hyped for next, week, next week's episode and what that can mean. So I feel like only episode 12 is going to have a true discussion because that's the stopping point for this, this episode dump. And really same thing goes for Twitter. It's like a bunch of sporadic tweets across all 12 episodes And it's overwhelming to try and align to like all that's happening because you you see something cool about episode six and then you see something cool about episode 11 and you're like, oh my God, I'm jumping around like crazy. And maybe that's just me being small-brained. I don't know. But to me, discussions are the best part of being part of a particular anime fandom and experiencing something together weekly kind of has this like magic. I know that sounds cheesy, but it, it is kind of like a fun thing that you get to do together. But now it just feels more, I don't know disconnected and the hype seems like it's going to fade much faster because we have this huge unknown gap between each episode dump and the nice thing about weekly episodes is that you can maintain hype throughout a show's run versus here it's like it came out on December 1st we're recording this on what like December 5th and I feel like the hype is already starting to dissipate just a little bit
1: and me personally I was kind of looking forward to uh, like a weekly release of of these JoJo episodes, particularly because I think I didn't start watching JoJo. And this is probably the same for you. I didn't start watching JoJo until I think around the time that Golden Wind was released. And by the time I'd started watching it, I think Golden Wind had just wrapped up. Um, So I wasn't part of that like initial community that was, you know, discussing episodes every week. And I, I was hoping that it would have been the case for Snow Ocean. Obviously, it's not because of the, the deal with Netflix, but yeah, I think there are two things that I, I that don't sit well with me with it. One is that like you mentioned, the magic is sort of lost in anticipating the the next episode um every week because again, with everything out there now, we complete one episode and it has this cliffhanger, but then you can kind of breathe a sigh of relief because, oh, it'll just start immediately like after this uh, after the credits roll. And the second thing is in today's day and age, we have spoilers abound. I feel like there are spoiler tags for everything now. Um, and that's that's certainly the case with JoJo because I think we initially watched um the first six episodes because we wanted to just get it out of the way and and just know what happens i mean you probably already knew what was going to happen but seeing it in anime adaptation form um but we only got through six episodes one day six episodes the next day and i i browse twitter on a daily basis and i follow a couple jojo accounts and they you know like with those uh account um moderators you know being really avid JoJo fans they're already posting screen caps of every episode including the ones that I hadn't watched so I I was unfortunately privy to a lot of spoilers before I even saw the episodes so
0: yeah, it, like, forces your hand to have to binge because not everyone is a binge watcher. I know you're not a binge watcher, um, so...
1: But I- I'll, I'll get it clear. I will binge JoJo if I have to. <laughs> so I was glad to have watched six episodes at least.
0: But in general, for, like, non non-binge watchers, it's either you have to avoid social media until you've finished watching or finished catching up or just suck it up, binge watch it, and then go on social media expecting tons of spoilers. And I don't know, it's just, like... I feel like we we blew through 12 episodes, which I'm kind of the same way. Like, I'm happy to be able to watch all of it so quickly so I don't have to wait. But it's like, all right, we talked about it for a few days. Um, We'll see you guys in a a couple months when they finally drop the next 12 episodes. Because I imagine it's probably going to be like a month or two. Because if you think about 12 episodes, that's like three months worth of content. And I know the Japan audience is going to be getting the first episode dropped uh, in January. Yeah, And then it's gonna be a weekly releases. So I, I can't imagine Netflix will dump the next 12 way too much earlier than what the Japan audience can get a hold of. And we all know this is a fucking cash grab for, for Netflix because it's a way to incentivize people to sign up for Netflix accounts so they can see the, the episodes ahead of time.
1: I wonder if there's like some market survey out there where they'll, they'll get or like get feedback for this release of Stone Ocean so I can just write, do not sign an exclusivity deal with Netflix again.
0: I know. I think you got to make a lot of noise on social media um, about it. And I, I feel like Netflix just doesn't pay attention most of the time to what the fandom actually wants. And they'll just do whatever the fuck they want. And yeah, that's, that's like the state of Netflix right now. But anyway, enough about that. We've, we've gotten that off our chest. We've talked about the episode dump. We'll move on from it we just gotta we just gotta live with it but at least we have stone ocean and to uh, your point earlier I do want to clarify that um, for anyone who's not aware I did read the manga for part six um, a while back I think right after I finished golden wind because I was like I have to know what happens with Jolene and Jotaro like I I can't not wait and it's one of the very few manga that I've ever read so um I I was a little bit worried about how much I would retain, not in the sense that like, oh, I'm not going to remember anything, but am I going to remember too much where it's going to be a bit difficult to talk through these weekly episode reviews and not spoil or hint at spoilers for future parts that haven't been released yet. Um, I'm thankful to say I read it so fast that I actually don't remember a lot of the manga. I, I, I realize how little I remember because I'm only really remembering key story parts, things like Jotaro shows up or like you know Emporio can warp through walls or some shit like that just like really major plot points that um you know it's still to be careful about when we talk about these these episodes every week but really I'm still pleasantly surprised each episode by the things that are happening because I don't remember a lot of it I'm like oh that's cool and it all just feels like new and fresh to me
1: I would say you still have a tell sometimes when we were we were watching episodes I think certain things had come back to you and you would either like have a sudden look on your face or I would hear like a like, like you breathing in suddenly I didn't acknowledge it cuz I know that if I asked you why why'd you react like that it would have been delving into spoiler territory but All right, well, I'll try to be
0: better about that. (laughs) Luckily, you're the only one who's in the room with me when I watch these things. So for these podcasts, I'll just have to be silent and control my facial expressions as you sit across the table looking at me. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, for me, I've mentioned before that I've only read probably like 10 to 15% of the manga. So I think I know what happens up until about episode three, whenever Jotaro shows up
0: uh four
1: three or four yeah i can't remember um so a lot of this the first three three four episodes i was familiar with although there are parts of this very first episode that i don't think i came across in the manga um but it was definitely an interesting episode to watch
0: you know what i found interesting though um ign gave this a 10 out of 10 And I'm like, don't get me wrong. I don't doubt that Stone Ocean is going to be a a 10 out of 10 anime. Like, it's JoJo, and it's off to a super strong start. But isn't it a bit early to be putting out a rating when there's only 12 episodes so far? I just found it so weird. And I didn't read the review because IGN kind of, I don't know, sometimes I get a little bit annoyed with some of the stuff that they put out. Um, But I just thought that was so strange.
1: Yeah. When it comes to IGN and anime, I really don't pay attention to them. (laughs) i feel like they're they're starting to jump on the anime hype train but like yeah this this rating just came out of nowhere and for them to rate jojo like a 10 out of 10 seems a bit reaching i mean jojo does deserve a 10 out of 10 (laughs) me being a a jojo fanatic but even after watching these first 12 episodes i i like, if I look at it subjectively, I wouldn't place it at that rating. But that is, of course, not taking into account the rest of the season, which is to come out like later next year.
0: I mean, we've been burned just this year alone by anime that have started off incredibly strong and then just turned into a fucking dumpster fire at the end. Knock on wood, fingers crossed, that will not be the case with Stone Ocean. And again, like I have full faith in David Production. They are like a godsend to, to JoJo. Um, but I just I don't know I, there's something about like putting out an official rating that bothers me when you're only 12 episodes in like you're you're, you're gonna be eating those words later and I know on mal a lot of people will put ratings down um, for episodes that are currently or episodes shows that are currently airing even if it is really premature but that's a little bit different because you can change that rating later and it kind of helps with other viewers to know like, we're only a couple of weeks into the season, but this the show's already at like a 5 out of 10. Like it's it's crap, don't even bother, you know, wasting your time by watching it. So that that can be helpful. But again, the difference here is that IGN cannot really go back. I mean, they they probably can, but like it'd be really awkward for them to go back and change their rating um versus like MAL where it's like a constantly fluctuating rating depending on how the the show develops so I don't know just odd to me um, we are certainly not going to rate it until the whole thing is completed because I think that just is the way that we we prefer to operate
1: I'm also just googling IGN Jojo reviews like this is the only Jojo part that they reviewed <laughs> so again the credibility is, is kind of suspect there um, I also think it's a lot of people are accusing IGN of having these very favorable reviews um because there's so much hype that and they're probably sponsored um by the people or the companies that are issuing the the products or content that they're reviewing um don't get me wrong i I love ign like i i go to them for like gaming reviews and such but again with them trying to get into the anime game um it's kind of sus
0: yeah i don't know we'll see we'll see what they end up doing as the the show progresses um but uh yeah, you'll you'll hear our rating at the very last episode. Um, but let's let's talk a little bit more about like Stone Ocean in particular. I I want to just take a step back and look at JoJo as a whole and why we have such a we as like the JoJo fans have such a strong connection to this series. Yeah, you could say it's because of the memes. Yeah, you could say it's because of Araki's art style and the crazy characters and the over the top poses. And just the the overall aesthetic of JoJo, but for me, I think the strongest selling point about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is that it not only follows a family over time, but an entire lineage over time. Like JoJo fans feel very connected to the Jo stars because of this. It's to me, so cool to see Jotaro, for example, go from a high schooler to an adult who basically mentors Josuke to a father and then following his his daughter's story. That is so cool to me. And one of the most hype moments in these first 12 episodes was when Jotaro shows up in that visitation room. It's like, you know, they had talked about him in the, the several episodes leading up to it, but just seeing him there, seeing him interact with his child is just such a cool concept because... We've we've watched this family over several seasons, and you, you just have a, a connection to them. You you really get invested in these characters, and in in this whole lineage, in its entirety.
1: Yeah, I would say JoJo is almost like the equivalent of the Star Wars saga. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew it. That was because bracing for yeah, it, it just that like Star Wars, essentially follows like the Skywalker bloodline um, in the same vein um and yeah you don't have to tell me twice about Jotaro uh, appearing in this part because I'm all for it um because he is my my favorite Jojo of all time but yeah the family drama is definitely part of the appeal of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure to me um there I don't think there's many other anime or even other media that I've consumed and watched that is similar to this in concept I've brought up that Assassin's Creed to some extent, um, Ezio's story is very similar to, almost like Joseph Joestar's story, but uh, obviously with with the anime, it takes that to a whole not- another level. Where I think Ezio was only like three games, whereas JoJo, it's 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 all parts in its entirety, uh, where you're following this family drama, and you know I I gotta say like, this the series just breaks bounds in terms of anime. I get with not conforming to certain tropes, although I don't know if there are typical seinen tropes um, that this anime exhibits that I haven't caught on to, but just the absurdity of it. um, I don't think you get that too much, at least right now with Stone Ocean, um, this first episode that I I saw. It definitely comes up, I think, when we we, we follow Hermes' story and how she got her stand. But... Yeah, I, I'm just all in for, again, the absurdity, the wackiness that this series always seems to do so well.
0: I will say, though, to that point, that part six brings the energy from episode one and keeps it going. It like So far in the first 12 episodes, it has never slowed down. In fact, it's gotten like more and more hype, more and more energetic as the episodes go on. The intensity is is there from the beginning, but I will say the pacing in episodes one and two feels a little bit scattered um, because there's a decent amount that happens before they can introduce Jotaro. I feel like things really take off starting with episode five, but in episodes one and two and then kind of in in three and four, um, things are just like a little bit off. Not anything obscene, but I think they're just really trying to move through the initial things of like jolene getting sentenced and like going through the early stages of uh you know being in green dolphin street prison and kind of just learning the ropes um for how things operate there but once she gets to the visitation part with jotaro that's when things start to move more fluidly um and i think it's probably just again trying to strike that balance between like being as true to the manga as possible but um, taking full advantage of however many episodes there are to tell this story
1: yeah, it's still an effective introduction to a Jojo character. Um, I'll say it. this one's not as, I guess, crazy as Joseph's or uh, Jotaro's introduction. And it, I feel like it's a lot more dramatic than previous um, Jojo introductions that we've seen. But yeah, I think the first two episodes, they're just trying to lay a base. Um, you don't really get much of the overarching plot yet. It's more so just introducing us to Jolene, which is fine. But yeah, I, I, I agree with the fact that the pacing was kind of all over the place, um, especially in this first episode where it jumps from the intro scene to Jolene in prison, then back to the intro scene, and it was kind of hard to follow where exactly she was like in the timeline of her trial and imprisonment.
0: I, I will say, though, talking a little bit more about the intensity of this part, it wastes no time getting into, like, the meat of what's going on here. Like, the heart of, of the story. Um, like, you think about part one. You got a couple of episodes where, like, you get the backstory building between Dio and Jonathan when they were younger. And then part two, you have, um, you know, kind of Joseph meeting Smokey and, and then dealing with Strayso, and then he gets introduced to the Pillar Men. And then for part three, you've got um Joe being introduced, um, whole concept with with Holly and her stand. And then finally the Stardust Crusaders actually start their journey. Part five, um you've got Jorno kind of like you skipped part four. Oh shit. Part four. <laughs> well part four is interesting because it's, you know, it's the slice it's of boring. life. No, I love part four. It's it's, boring. it's, it's the slice of life JoJo part um hey we love all parts here okay (laughs) but we we see josuke kind of like realizing there's stand users in morio and like you get introduced to a lot of people before kira actually shows up um and then part five you've got giorno kind of like getting his feet wet and you know what's what's the mafia passione?
1: yeah passione, and then him just rising in the ranks
0: and then him meeting trish and then things kind of take off from there Mm -hmm. yeah so then like here in part six it's like immediately Jolene has been sentenced, framed for murder and she gets her stand and then Jotaro shows up. So I love it. I-, I love just jumping right into this part because there's a lot that's gonna happen, you know, throughout this story and we don't need like the the slow build up. Let's just get right into it. I really appreciate that about part six. I also really like the new art style. I think it's spot on for the manga. It has a very similar look to part five, but I think the manga for part five and part six had a, a similar art style anyway. So it's it's still unique because every JoJo part has, well, every, every JoJo season, I hate saying season because parts one and two have this similar art style. But anyway, art style changes for each of the parts and here they, they stuck with that.
1: I feel like from part five onward, Araki stuck to one style and rolled with it. Because yeah, part six, for me, it looks very similar to part five with like accentuated features of the face, um, lots of lines being used in that sense. And even the fashion sense, uh, I, I think you have to call that out, especially with part six focusing so much on stands related to fashion or characters related to fashion. But I feel like it also emulates a bit of part three, not just Because of uh, Jolene's connection to Jotaro. But whereas like part five, a lot of the characters in there were drawn almost slender. Here in part six, it feels like they have a little more meat on them.
0: Yeah, Jotaro's (laughs) a little more stacked in part six. Yeah,
1: because comparing how he looked in part five to part six, I feel like his appearance in part six feels more like an evolution of what we saw of him in part three minus like his his extremely buff physique
0: <laughs> that and the tall fucking hat why is his hat so tall like we just need to get that out there his hat is really tall in some shots um and especially when they're in the visitation room it just looks like i don't even know just very very big tall hat like is his skull
1: growing upward i, I guess he wants <laughs> to aspire to be like you dug damn dome <laughs>
0: All right, so let's get into episode one. Hit us with that synopsis.
1: All right, so to start with the overall summary, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stone Ocean is the fifth season of the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure anime television series by David Production, adapting Stone Ocean, the sixth part of Hirohiko Araki's JoJo's Bizarre Adventure manga. Stone Ocean was initially released worldwide as an original net animation season on Netflix on December 1st, 2021, before its scheduled airing on Japanese television in January 2022. x Extry, read all about it. Florida woman dumps body in swamp and gets dumped by Swampy Buddy. In the year of our JoJo 2011, Jolene Cujo sits in a jail cell lamenting about her embarrassing end to No Nut November as we learn of the events surrounding her arrest and imprisonment. Jolene takes the fall for her sleazy ex-lover Romeo when he Meredith Palmers a pedestrian with his car and begs her to help hide the body. In preparation for her trial, her goat head attorney bequeaths her with a pendant from Daddy Jotaro, inside which contains a mysterious stone that pricks her finger. En route to her new home, Green Dolphin Street Prison, Jolene befriends convicted conbini cat burglar Hermes Costello. And discovers a mysterious string-based power within herself that saves Hermes from two sleazy prison guards. During her trial, Jolene's goat attorney advises her to make a plea bargain and admit guilt to reduce her sentence, but the turns are tabled as the judge sentences her to 15 years in prison instead as part of the goat attorney's anime scheme to frame Jolene on behalf of Romeo's family. Not one to go down without a fight though, Jolene uses her new anime powers to pull a godfather move and garrote the shit out of the goat tourney in his car on the way home. Jolene, 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 I'm begging of you, please destroy this man. And now onto our next modified segment of the show, is that a music and or fashion reference where we document any and all nods, homages, and tributes that this extraordinary anime makes to the ordinary world of music and or fashion. And there are, of course, plenty abound in this first episode. We got to start off with Jolene herself. Her name is an homage to Jolene, which was a 1973 song written and performed by country music artist Dolly Parton. And I know we haven't talked yet about OP or ED because we didn't get it featured yet in this episode, but part of me is still disappointed that they didn't use Jolene as the ED.
0: We have a a chance, though. I mean there's probably going to be at least another ed so fingers crossed
1: that's true and we get a very fleeting reference of it in episode two but we'll save that for our next discussion the second uh, music and fashion reference is with the character hermes costello Um, there's two references in her name one luxurious one musical Hermes is a French luxury goods manufacturer specializing in leather goods, lifestyle lifestyle accessories, home furnishings, perfumery, jewelry, watches, and clothing. I am also familiar with this brand because it is used prominently in Train Man, which is a Japanese live-action film based on a phenomenon on the internet. Um, Costello refers to Elvis Costello. Who, uh, who is an English singer-songwriter, was listed on Rolling Stone's 100 Greatest Artists of All Time. His highest-charting single was Oliver's Army. I'm not familiar with that. But for any Notting Hill fans out there, he did sing the song She that was used in that film. I only know that because my sister is a huge fan of Notting Hill.
0: <laughs> I don't know what Notting Hill is.
1: It's that movie with Hugh Grant and I think Julia Roberts.
0: Oh, I, I I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just ask my sister about it.
1: She'll, she'll talk an earful out about it. Uh, the third reference, this is a musical reference, is the name of the prison itself, Green Dolphin Street Prison. Um, that is named after on Green Dolphin Street, a jazz standard popularized by Miles Davis, which was used in the 1947 film of the same name, Green Dolphin Street. Um, I think there's a fleeting reference to Vogue. Uh, in this episode where jolene is given some items from her mother um, but they spell it v-o-g-e for obvious reasons um i think that's it i Uh, really liked
0: that vogue reference because yeah it just it ties well into the the theme of part six which is fashion designers
1: yeah and i guess unrelated this isn't a music or fashion reference but for romeo um jolene's sleazy (laughs) ex-lover I think that is a possible reference to the, gar- or the car brand, Alfa Romeo.
0: I think they were driving an Alfa Romeo too, right?
1: Yeah. Um, I think there was trivia out there that said he was driving an Alfa Romeo GTV at the time of the car crash, so any car enthusiasts out there will probably appreciate that reference.
0: And now it's time for the Jojo meme rundown, where we list each new Jojo meme that appeared in this episode. And I'll be honest, right off the bat, this is going to be very tricky for me to do um, throughout part six because we try to be anime only, but because the anime just came out, the memes are going to be pretty fresh. They're going to be pretty new. So some of these are going to be manga memes um, that have existed for a while in the Jojo community. And then some of them, you know, will hopefully be new anime memes. But the two that I caught um, in this particular episode have to do with um, Jolene uh, being a very, I don't know, sexual person. Because the masturbation scene is like a huge fucking meme. It's, It's something that of course people took note of in the manga and when they announced part six was happening people were like i hope david production actually animates the masturbation scene i'm like bro they're not gonna do that okay (laughs) they're not gonna do that (laughs) they 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 animated the actual scene of her talking about it but the fandom was like we want to see her masturbating and i'm like bro that's a stretch i don't think they're gonna do it and they didn't do it
1: (laughs) so that was actually in the manga then yeah yeah, wow. it's it's in the manga. <laughs> okay, um, I didn't get to that part, but then they open with it, which is kind of funny. Yeah,
0: and the other meme is Jolene. That shot of her after she's stripped for the strip search, and she's on all fours, show, showing her ass to the security guards. That's another meme. Um, so these two in particular, of course, you know, the JoJo community is going to take note of these and and run with them. But uh, if horny
1: ass fans,
0: <laughs> as always, if we missed any memes or if any pop up, you know, as we go through the the premiere or the the run of Stone Ocean, please reach out to us and let us know. So to kick things off, I want to talk about just some like high level things before we actually dive into the, the details of this episode. And right off the bat, I want to talk about Jolene's personality because her personality reminds me very much of a blend of Jotaro and Joseph. Like it's Jotaro's angstiness and his intelligence mixed with Joseph's like hype and absurdity and um just him Joseph being very animated Jolene is that same way did you get that vibe from from just this first episode because she she has an array of emotions that she displays throughout episode one
1: I feel like I clung more to the Jotaro vibes um, especially because this first episode it's her in prison much like Jotaro ended up in prison um, in part three's first episode so I can kinda I can see like her angsty rebellious side reflected here as much as Jotaro had his um, in part three. I can kinda see like the the all over the place emotion to that's similar to Joseph.
0: Like she has Joseph moments, um, like in particular, one example is when her and Hermes are on the bus being transported to Green Dolphin Street prison and Hermes tells her, you know, you have to have cash on you if you wanna survive in the prison. And Jolene says, "Well, where do you stash it in your butthole or other orifices?" And then she has like this reaction where she's like, "Oh, that's so gross!" But like the reaction she has to her own idea of stuffing money in your butthole is such a Joseph thing. Yeah, that was a very Joseph <laughs> moment. And then she starts like joking around, like, "Is it in your tits?" <laughs> and it's just like her those those comedic moments that Jolene has is like they're very reminiscent of Joseph.
1: I was gonna say her reaction to like stuffing money in orifices. It's kinda like there was a moment where he went like, ah, in in part two. Yeah. <laughs> it was very similar, like sounding um onomatopoeia.
0: And then the the strips the strip search scene is also a Joseph move. Do you would you ever expect Jotaro to like do something like that, behave in that way that's very much like sticking it to to the man? Like Joseph would do that. He'd be like, okay, oh, you want me to get naked? Fine, here's my asshole. I'll just show you my butthole right off the bat. But Jotaro would not do that. He would not behave like that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that part was kind of funny. And you said, like, the the part where she curls into it and she says, like, a bridge pose, that wasn't in the manga, right? No, I think it was. Oh, I it saw was? someone okay. post
0: about it. So, yeah, I, I this is another part that like, I, I didn't totally remember. But then someone on Twitter was like, look, they actually put the bridge pose in Okay, <laughs> I thought
1: it was just additional fan service. But, yeah, I can see Joseph. Acting goofy like that if he were ever <laughs> imprisoned and strip searched.
0: And then, as I mentioned earlier, it seems like Part Six, unlike previous parts, is wasting no time, just getting right to the core content of the story. Um, we immediately be- begin with Jolene in prison, and then the reason already being laid out for us that we know her goal right now is to prove her innocence. So there's there's no questioning like where is the story heading. They just they get they get to it right away. Um, one thing they didn't really mention, I think, in any of the 12 episodes is the way Jolene spells her name, because at the end of the episode, I'm jumping around a little bit, but at the end of the episode, we see her um, name spelled out in the note that she gives to the lawyer, and it's Jolene Kujo, Cujo spelled C-U-J-O-H, whereas Toto's name is spelled K-U-J-O.
1: Oh, there's an intentional reason behind that? Yes. And um. I
0: mean, I I don't think this is spoilers. We we know that she does not have a good relationship with Jotaro in the beginning here. Um I, and I don't know when it's mentioned in the manga or if it is mentioned in the manga, but just kind of in the JoJo lore, she purposely changed the spelling of her name Kujo as kind of like a big FU to Jotaro because He she felt that he was an absent father and and she has an estranged relationship with him. So she spells it different on purpose. I don't know if it's legally her her name, if she like legally got it changed or what, but she writes her last name, Cujo with C-U-J-O-H, for that reason.
1: Okay. I thought you were going to talk about why she has a Y in Jolene. It's the obvious reason for that is, I think, just copyright. Oh, yeah, that too, yeah. (laughs) Jolene
0: is spelled different than Jolene from Dolly Parton. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yeah they start off the episode with the masturbation scene. Like they really just opened up the entire story of Stone Ocean and introduced the Jojo for this part with the masturbation scene. I didn't think they'd actually do it, but they fucking did it. And it was just such a funny introduction. I love my other favorite introduction for a Jojo main character is Jotaro's introduction in part three, because it starts off with him just like, angsty and brooding in this um this prison and then you see holly run up to his cell and she's all like you know so excited to see her son and she's got these flashbacks of him as like a little boy and him being a good kid and then when she reaches his cell he says shut the fuck up bitch and then she's like hi and then they they slap uh, you know stardust crusaders on the screen that was such a fantastic way to introduce a jojo and here this is a very different way of doing it but equally fantastic in my opinion
1: now, it's still a very Jojo way to open up the season. Um, and I love that it, it juxtaposes this masturbation scene with initially opening up with the, the car crash that sets up Jolene's arrest. And then it cuts to her and she's like frustrated in her prison cell and she's like banging her head on the bed. And she says something along the lines of like, oh, my life is over. And you think it's because of her arrest and her subsequent, like, sentencing. But then it misleads you and talks about just her being seen masturbating. (laughs) Like... What a JoJo way to open up the show.
0: And it's not just a quick reference to her masturbating. It's like a full on conversation about like what turned her on and who it was that saw her and all this stuff. And I was like, they just they don't even care at this point. They're like, fuck it, let's go full on. Let's let's be as true to the manga as possible. Um, and there were a couple of things in this opening sequence that I, I noticed. And right off the bat, huge shout out to Jolene's voice actor. I always forget how to pronounce her name.
1: Fairu's eye. Yes.
0: Fairru's eye is fantastic because in this masturbation scene alone, there is an incredible range that Jolene goes through. Like she's extremely expressive. And in this scene alone, she goes through like embarrassment and then anger and then like being very shy and timid and then like screaming at other people for making fun of her for masturbating. And I I'm just like for a newcomer, like I, I i like always forget how to pronounce it you
1: know fireus. Fireus
0: i um a, a newcomer like her in the world of voice actors she did an incredible job with jolene and in this scene alone you can see how she can quickly transition from one emotion to another and just really pulls off an incredible range
1: well she's been in or like she's acted in several roles but i think yeah this is obviously her starring role and we've talked about her passion for jojo before and how she was like hoping and dreaming for this role and it eventually got her um got into her hands so in in that sense it's a very inspirational story and yeah she just she just nails Jolene so well um I like her voice just flows naturally uh from from the character's mouth it's unbelievable
0: yeah, very good casting there. The other thing I noticed in this sequence is um, when Jolene tells that chick that like her ring finger is a tell-all. It kind of I don't get the whole point of it. I think it's her trying to throw that chick off, but it reminds me of that um, moment that Jotaro has in part three where they're on the ship and he uses that smoking trick to point out the enemy stand user. Remember he says something like um, the stand user... Like when they smell cigarette smoke, the vein will pop out on their face and then everybody reacts in that moment. And the captain, who's pretending not to be a stand user, touches his nose in reaction to that. And that's that's the tell all. But it's like funny because Jotaro made that up on the spot just to trick the captain into admitting indirectly that he's a stand user so again like it's not a one-for-one but jolene's moment here of like telling this chick to kind of throw her off that oh well your ring finger is a tell-all for you know if you've been masturbating and she's like wait what and she panics that just reminded me of it what? i don't know like a little parallel between Joe Toro and jolene Yeah, like
1: father like daughter just fucking with people mind games <laughs> yeah <laughs> also why does that lady look like a stand user too
0: you know what Everyone in this fucking jail yeah. looks like Stan Usen. And I'm
1: surprised this jail just allows people to wear their their everyday fashion clothes instead of like actual prison outfits.
0: I know all they do is throw on a jacket that says Green Dolphin yeah. Street Prison. <laughs> but <laughs> so, it would definitely not be a JoJo part if people didn't have crazy outfits and, and hair and, and looks and everything. So. Right.
1: and uh, yeah, that was another thing I was gonna mention with this first episode is just the strong fashion sense throughout. Like you have obviously Hermes's get up and especially jolene's like her her dress during the car accident like it's almost like a fishnet right
0: yeah it's like a giant like like i don't even know diamond shaped mesh skirt like like yeah
1: see-through um but i think like it's just a testament to iraqi's taste for fashion and then obviously you have jolene's iconic um I guess it's a one piece although eventually like it looks like her shoes are infused with her pants but then in a later episode we it's revealed like it's separate shoes that just happen to match the pants but
0: and then of course jotaro's snakeskin boot pants like one All piece right. boot pants like damn jotaro okay <laughs> <laughs> it always makes
1: me curious how like cosplayers that do these part six characters what what their routine is um, into getting into the costume looks like
0: well fun little fact if you google the um, part two bloody stream ost like the soundtrack cover there's a picture of joseph on there and it's like very colorful and if you look closely at his outfit he not only has butterflies on the bottom of his shoe and on the on like the t-shirt that he's wearing if you look at his pants he also has like the I don't even know what to call them like the squares that are on Jolene's pants he's wearing them too it's almost as if like Joseph and Jolene have matching outfits in, in these two images it's really cool so I again just look up bl- the bloody stream OST cover with Joseph Joestar and you'll, you'll see the outfit
1: oh yeah I do see that interesting
0: it's kind of like I don't know Jolene's homage to her great-grandfather the next scene in the episode is the lawyer scene where or the first of the two lawyer scenes where Jolene is chatting with her lawyer about how to prove her innocence and he calls her Jojo, which I love because, you know, every every Joestar needs to have their Jojo moment. Even if they're not called Jojo throughout their part, they still have to have their Jojo moment um, in, in their introductory episode.
1: Yeah, to harken back to Star Wars references, it's kind of like this calling the the titular Jojo character by the by the nickname Jojo's is like hearing I have a bad feeling about this in every Star Wars movie.
0: <laughs> well here Jolene's like nobody calls me Jojo except for my mom and I'm like that's fair that's why no one calls her Jojo in the part she, she kind of laid the, those ground rules out um, and in this part we see that they've changed Jolene's mom's hair from brunette to blonde Um, We get the Vogue magazine reference, and then um, we see Jolene inherit her stand through getting pricked by the piece of the stand arrow. And I always found this interesting that there are characters out there who inherit their stands just through their bloodlines. And yet here we have Jolie needing to be pricked by the arrow in order to acquire her stand. Like you'd assume that because she's Josaro's daughter and the Joestar bloodline reacts very well to stands, that she would just be born with her stand.
1: Remind me how, was Josuke, did he naturally receive his stand as well?
0: Yes, because when Dio got hit with, his, with the arrow, because jo- Josuke was like a baby or like an infant, when um Dio was in Egypt and when he got hit with the arrow that's when Holly stand activated oh, right, that's when right. Jotaro stand activated that's when Joseph stand activated and Josuke's all the way over in in Japan so it's weird to me that maybe because Jolene wasn't alive during that time but it's weird to me that she just didn't inherit hers because there are other characters out there who were just born with their stands like Abdul was just born with his stand
1: what about Jorno? Ah. Uh... Well, in the time that you were saying that, uh, I was <laughs> able to look up um, a Reddit discussion on how Jorno got his stand, and it says here when Jorno was two years old, his father was pierced by a stand arrow, and that's Dio, I'm assuming, uh, causing Jorno to gain one through their connection. But his stand stayed dormant until he was fifteen.
0: Wait, so Jorno was alive when Dio was in Egypt doing his thing. Well,
1: remember Dio was just having fun with every girl out there while he was laying around. I and he know. was two years old. I guess. Wait, so then
0: Jorno was around way before Stardust Crusaders even kicked off. Then, right? Well, yeah, because if he was two, year- he was born two years before Holly got hit with her stand, and they had to go on their adventure. so like Dio was around for at least (laughs) two years but I thought okay wait because I okay this is like a side conversation I guess um I thought that the events uh preceding or the events immediately after Dio's coffin was discovered like happened pretty quickly like Dio's coffin was discovered he came back to life got hit with the sand arrow and then Stardust Crusaders kicks off but he was around for two years before Stardust Crusaders started at least two years i don't
1: know thinking of this timeline is hurting my head now like but... two
0: years nine months if you think about how long Jono had to be in the womb beforehand holy shit this blew my mind okay we're gonna have to have like a separate discussion at some point about like the jojo timeline
1: <laughs> really quick while we're floating out on this lawyer scene why the fuck does the lawyer look like a goat
0: um <laughs> i don't know but i can tell you that as the episode progresses i don't know if you caught this his ears get longer and longer
1: Oh, I did not. Yeah, It's it kind of like Pinocchio. That's what
0: I'm thinking. I don't know if that's official, but I'm thinking it's kind of like Pinocchio like signaling that the lawyer is lying a to a certain degree. But yeah, if you watch the episode, his ears get longer and longer each scene that he's in.
1: Okay, well, he, he kind of deserves his fate. Um, but yeah, it's just <laughs> weird that he looks like something out of Narnia. And just to go along with that, um, it's just funny how all of the guards um, in the prison, they, they're just drawn really really oddly um thinking about the the guard that strip searches uh jolene has the weird like i don't know like po- like pigtails ponytails sticking like out multiple of
0: her pigtails all over her head
1: yeah and then you have the warden who has the bugged out eyes and someone um i think they compared his head to like uh, one of mista's uh sex pistols oh <laughs> and so, yeah it does it, look <laughs> like that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um that this made me think like, is this what Iraqi thinks of like Florida people? <laughs> you know, like you have the the news articles about Florida man, Florida woman just doing really odd things. <laughs>
0: yeah, probably. I, I wouldn't doubt it. But I feel like with each passing part, Iraqi cares less and less about making people look human.
1: <laughs> well, the thing there is that people were comparing like police officers in part five, um, how handsome or how beautiful they looked. Maybe because like, they were in Italy, and Araki just loves Italy so much. Then you go to part six, and <laughs> you've got like, Sweet Home Alabama or something. <laughs> Everyone just looks dumpy. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, um, we do get the narrator. He's back, so that's great. I, it sounds like it might be a different person. I'm not sure who, who the narrator is across all of the different parts.
1: I know the first narrator passed away oh did he yeah and then so they changed to a different person during one of the parts
0: Uh, i wonder if it's the same guy like the second narrator that they brought in Um, but the the, the narrator is back (laughs) and he's educating us on green dolphin street prison um, and continues to educate us throughout this part so he finds ways to tell us useless but i guess useful information about jojo lore
1: the very unsung hero of this series
0: (laughs) Um, and then we get that scene that I mentioned earlier with Hermes telling Jolene about smuggling in cash. And then Jolene's reactions to the possible places that you can put that cash is very reminiscent of Joseph. Um, and then jo- uh, Hermes shows Jolene that she actually does put it in her boobs. And I'm like, that's cringy. Because she has to like cut into the stitches and stick money underneath her skin. And I'm like, oh my god.
1: How did they even get like the stitches and i like, you know they do all sorts of things in prison i assume
0: yeah like how does she get a needle and thread to stitch herself back up yeah. or a knife to cut open the the yeah i yeah. just got queasy Ooh, <laughs> hermes is a badass that's for sure um and then jolene gets her stand or her stand becomes i guess active in this scene because she's able to hear things from far away using the, the string connected to a certain location and i love this visual of like the kanji traveling up the string as jolene listens in on conversations i feel like that's such a cool way to visualize what's happening with the stand because they could have just had the string like doing its thing and then jolene tell us that she can hear it through the threads but to actually see the kanji going down the string is really cool
1: yeah i forgot jolene's stand was twofold in that it can listen in on conversations using it kind of like you know when you're kids and you you attach string to like cups to to hear people and then later on when it the stand manifests uh, it's obviously used for melee attacks or long long range attacks as well
0: we do see throughout these first 12 episodes jolene finds some really clever ways to use her stand and it's i don't know like i feel like her stand is more versatile than star platinum is because it's a short-range power stand like Star Platinum or like Crazy Diamond, but the thread part of it, the string part of it, gives her a whole other realm of, of uses for her stand that like some of the other stands in JoJo could not ever have. I mean, Star Platinum then acquires the world, which you can stop time with for a couple of seconds. That's incredibly useful, but it's not as versatile as the way mm-hmm. Jolene uses the strings.
1: I mean, here, there are two examples in this episode. Like we, like we just discussed there's the communication aspect and then at the very end where she pulls like a mafia move and i think it, yeah, it's garrote uh where she just ties the string around um the goat lawyer's neck so yeah I, I can see it being very versatile outside of you know just the stand manifesting and using its its fists or speaking with its fists <laughs>
0: We get that flashback scene of Jolene and Romeo in the car and what happened during the accident. And I thought it was so funny seeing Jolene sweet talk Romeo. Like it's it's so out of character for her. She's being so extra. But I think the point is to show us like how in love she is with Romeo because he's able to convince her to do the wrong thing like she poor jolene she immediately wanted to do the right thing by calling an ambulance and she was questioning romeo's you know choices like we, we can't do this it's not right but romeo's a little bitch and used his quote-unquote love for her to convince her to do the wrong thing in this moment so she had a, a poor uh judgment call there she was blinded by love but just the way that she was talking to him in the car before the accident just had me cracking up
1: yeah, credits again to Feyru's eye for her her own versatility in, in emotions, especially with this this flirtatious scene with Jolene. Um, yeah, with uh, Jolene reflecting on the the victim of the accident, it just I was reminded of like the humanity and the care for like the well being of others that you see with the Joestar Star lineage. Um, this is manifesting now in Jolene which is why she has to take that double take until she acquiesces to Romeo's uh, demands.
0: It then moves into, I don't know if it's like the second visitation that the lawyer has with Jolene and then into her trial. Um, of course, they reveal that the guy was still alive, that they hit with the car and that they dumped his body in a lake and he died from drowning. And so she's sentenced to 15 years. And really the only like key takeaway from this moment other than of course noticing the lawyers ears get longer and longer is that fucking nasally noise that he makes (laughs) after the 15-year sentence is delivered to Jolene it pans over to the lawyer and she's like dude are you serious and he just kind of like has a deadpan stare and like his eyes are kind of blacked out and then it zooms into his I don't even know like his eyes just really glazed over and in that super zoom it's like how do you describe it? Like a like a nasally, just like breath that he does. It
1: almost sounds like, a, like an arousal. <laughs> like, like and yeah. I'm like,
0: what the fuck is that? Noise? Like, I don't
1: know if he was just satisfied that the 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 verdict went as he planned. But yeah, it was it was odd. It was so funny. <laughs> I'm
0: like, I don't even understand, but I I love it. <laughs> And then finally, we move into, well, the strip search scene, I think, comes after that. We talked about that a little bit already. Um, Then we move into Jolene getting her revenge on the lawyer. And I just find this to be a bit of an odd moment, only because, well, two reasons. The first is that he's getting choked out, but he says this thread. In, In the Netflix subs, it says this thread. And I'm thinking to myself, the thread is a stand it's a part of her stand so how can he see it like he's like he's like grabbing at his neck right but instead of saying something like i can't breathe or something's on my neck he says this thread and i'm like how can he fucking see the thread i'm sure he's looking at himself in the rearview mirror the rearview mirror but i'm i'm thinking that's not possible because regular people can't see stands
1: Uh, i think the logic i chalked it up to is that It feels like you can, you know how a thread feels against your skin. Like if you wrap it around your finger or something. So that's probably why he thought it was a thread. I don't know why he didn't think, how did this thread get around my fucking neck so quickly? But (laughs) that's, that's what I was thinking.
0: The other part that just kind of made me raise some eyebrows here um, is that like at the very end, did the lawyer die? Because that'd be super ironic that Jolene gets put in prison for being framed for murder and then immediately goes and commits yeah. murder. <laughs> like, damn, Jolene. Okay, hang on a second. <laughs> like she was
1: so quick to kill this guy.
0: <laughs> so I don't know. Like, is he dead? Do people die in part six? Like, I don't know. I don't, I honestly don't remember. Because they're, it's always questionable in some of the parts in JoJo whether they're actually killing off some of the the enemy stand users i think in part five that's when they really don't give a fuck and they actually kill off stand users like enemy stand users Mm -hmm. but in some of the other parts it's like they incapacitate them but they don't they don't actually kill them so i'm like in part six is it going to be a murder type situation or is it going to be an incapacitating is that a word (laughs) yeah that type of situation we'll have to see
1: it makes you question whether or not we should love Jolene or if she's just some like murderous psychopath. <laughs> well, if we can love
0: the, the members of Passione, the members of Bucci Gang, even though they're killing people in that, yeah. that part, we can love Jolene no matter what.
1: <laughs> the one thing I want to call out with this um, choking out scene is we get a taste of Jolene's theme, um, but only the, the guitar riff and I think I'll probably talk more about this theme as we get more parts of it playing throughout part six, but I, I love it. It's not as ominous sounding as the piano in Jorno's theme from part five. I know that's been turned into a meme so much now <laughs> where it's it's kind of like that um, thing that Mr. Krabs says, the four four string ostinato in, in D minor <laughs> in SpongeBob, where every sailor knows it means death. But it, it's still a very intense uh, guitar riff and very suspenseful because it, it, it picks up right as Jolene's thread is about to choke the, the, the lawyer. Uh, and I know people have made comparisons that this guitar riff sounds a lot like the guitar riff in the current Wonder Woman theme. Um, there oh, are, yeah. yeah. There are plenty of videos that compare it. Um, and maybe that's where the composer, uh, Hugo Kano got his inspiration from, but... Yeah, this is starting to become one of my more favorite um, JoJo themes out there now.
0: Does Jolene's theme have a piano riff at all? Um I know Skates is a really good one, and then, of course, everyone loves Giorno's piano part.
1: I know that there's an unofficial version of this theme that is composed and performed by Samuel Kim, who's like a YouTube music artist, and... I think he listened intently to the theme when it was played throughout all the streaming events and announcements. And the the version that he adapted, there's a jazz section of the theme where it does use a piano. Um, but I don't think it's as prevalent as this guitar riff is.
0: Is her theme on Spotify yet?
1: That unofficial version by Samuel Kim is. That's the one that we've been <laughs> listening to on our Spotify But not playlist. the official one no i think they usually release that the i was gonna say like after the the series has been released and technically it has but i don't know if they're gonna just say that for when the entirety of part six is released um it does have like uh spotify does have the op for stone ocean which i think just for the states it's the english version so it's not the japanese version which is kind of odd
0: wait wait there's an english version of the op song
1: Yeah, that's what's currently available on Spotify here in the U.S.
0: Wait, but we'd never even hear that.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like Fighting Gold.
0: Oh, God, don't remind me about that. Yeah,
1: like the the English version of Fighting Gold is available on Spotify in the U.S., but not the Japanese version.
0: I'm sorry, that's a hard pass for me. Like Fighting Gold, the the original Japanese version, is absolute perfection in my eyes. And when I heard the English version, I was like, no, no, please unhear this one. So I feel like I, I cannot hear the English version of stone ocean op because i'll probably scream
1: yeah but again going back to the the stone ocean or jolene's theme it's definitely a banger and i can't wait for the official version to be released of that but like i said this this first episode only touches upon a very small part of the theme so i'm sure i'll have a lot to talk about this theme as we get introduced to it more and more throughout the subsequent episodes of part 6.
0: Yeah, it's fantastic. It's it's a it is the essence of Jolene with a little bit of Jotaro sprinkled in. Just the way Josuke had a little bit of Jotaro sprinkled in. Mm-hmm. The only question, the only lingering question I have about this first episode and I I don't think this is spoilers. Um, I I don't know if it's been mentioned yet in the first 12 episodes, but it is kind of like a a well-known tidbit about part six do they specify in this episode that Jolene's mom and Jotaro are divorced
1: because they Mm -hmm. are oh I didn't know that and
0: I thought in the manga they they tell us that pretty early on but I'm thinking through the first 12 episodes and I don't think they've specified it yet I could be wrong we we watched it like you know six episodes each day so we, we blew through a lot of it but I don't know I have to go back and like pay attention to that.
1: I mean there are flashbacks where you can hear her mother arguing with Jotaro, but I don't I didn't think it was implied through that that they had gotten a divorce. I mean it makes sense now but my thing with them is like what kind of couples photo is that in the pendant?
0: <laughs> it's a JoJo photo. Yeah, okay. it's, it's rem- you got to be bougie, you got to be extra <laughs> It reminds me you of Jojo. like
1: like the the photo booths of the 90s early 2000s <laughs> that people would go to and they would have these poses. Um yeah
0: (laughs) i love that he's wearing his outfit from part four i think it's his part four outfit right with the 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 sun and the dolphin Mm -hmm. on his hat um because yeah i mean it's that's when they got together and jolene was a kid during uh during part four but i don't know i i think that is something that was supposed to be specified earlier on in this part um but uh but yeah we'll see if they actually do clarify that at some point in in the anime Because I think it's important. I think it's important to know.
1: Mm -hmm. My one question with this is with Jolene, the scene where she's speaking to her lawyer and her lawyer wants her to admit if she was the one driving the car and she says, I can't say. I don't know if that becomes important later on because we don't know at this moment what caused the victim to be hit by the car, right? Right
0: um i think you're right although Toto gives her a little bit of context on what the hell's going on during the visitation part
1: mm. but
0: i felt like she said i can't i can't speak to that um, about her being in the driver's seat just as a way to protect romeo because then when she mm. when she listens in on romeo and the lawyer's conversation after she gets sentenced she starts freaking out because she realizes that romeo was in on this
1: okay Okay. She
0: could have just said it was Romeo driving. That's true. And then Romeo, like her name, would have been cleared. But she decides not to because he begged her not to get him in trouble.
1: Okay. So then I just have to rewatch um, when Joe Tro comes in to visit and see what he explains about the car accident. He
0: goes through it fast, like he like yeah. info dumps for sure. Um, so that'll be a, a part we may have to rewatch a couple times.
1: And so that brings us to our final thoughts for Part Six, Episode One, Stone Ocean. What did you think about this introduction to Jolene Cujo?
0: It's great. It's great from the masturbation scene being her literal introduction um, to the the quick pacing to getting right to the the heart of the story, um, at least the, the beginning part of it, um, to just the the over the topness and the high intensity throughout Episode One. It, it was. It was fantastic. I again, I feel the pacing was um, the, the pacing suffered a little bit in service of the intensity and moving things along quickly, but not enough to, to be off putting. It's just you got to kind of absorb what's going on and, and just accept that they're gonna jump from from one thing to another, but it's all still pretty fluid because it all is about her being framed and her going to jail and her trying to prove her innocence. So yeah, I think this is going to be up there as one of my favorite JoJo main character introductions of all time. Up there with Joe Jotaros, because his was so fucking funny. (laughs) But what about you? What did you think?
1: I thought it was a pretty great introduction to Jolene, uh, despite those pacing issues, as you mentioned. Uh, It doesn't really reveal the overarching plot yet, but I think it was contained enough to explain who Jolene is, what she's all about. Um, and yeah, it's just so funny that they start with this masturbation scene, and from that moment on, I knew like we're back in the thick of JoJo's bizarre adventure, and I can't wait for the rest of this adventure to go on.
0: <laughs> and we hope that you all enjoyed our first episode review of Stone Ocean, and we hope that you'll join us each and every week as we as we review all of the episodes that are still unknown. I I feel like. It's probably going to be in the realm of 30-ish episodes because we've got 12 now um, and we're only a certain, I won't say how much into the story, but a certain point into the story where I feel like we're probably going to get a pretty lengthy part out of this. But yeah, we hope that you'll you'll join us every single week because we will be moving from our bi-weekly schedule to a weekly schedule just for the Stone Ocean Review Series. And that wraps up episode 28 of Strictly JoJo. If you enjoy the podcast and would like to support the show, then head over to patreon.com slash the Strictly Series and subscribe on your favorite podcast service so you can be notified when new episodes premiere every Monday throughout our review of Stone Ocean. Follow us on Instagram at The Strictly Series and on Twitter at Strictly Series. And connect with us there or on our website, thestrictlyseries.com, to share your thoughts on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and Stone Ocean. And masturbation. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) You'll also find more info on Strictly Anime, our other podcast for anime reviews and discussions. Thank you so much for listening and sharing our love of JoJo. Stay weep, everyone. To be continued.